Hey everybody, when you hear that music, you know it's time for On the Lighter Side of Baseball with Jamie Uretsky coming to you live from our new home studios in Leawood, Kansas. Yes, does that sound more exciting than Overland Park, Kansas? For those Kansans, it really doesn't matter. For the rest of you guys out there and guys and girls, it really doesn't matter either. But uh, next week, we might be coming to you from Land Lakes, Wisconsin. We dot the globe. Everywhere we go, we get a little bit of lighter side of baseball, and we've only got 11 more days in the regular season. That ends on September 27th. Yeah. Boy, did that go fast, and was that exciting? Not really. Did you go to any games? I did not. Now, the rooftops at Wrigley Field, I suppose you could have paid 600 bucks a ticket and gone over there and uh, uh, with a good binocular or telescope you might have been able to uh, see the action at Wrigley Field. And, uh, wow, walk-off win last night by the Cubs. It seems like until about three or four days ago, I'm not sure they'd had a walk-off win last night, typical fashion. Uh, the last two hitters that the pitcher faced before the game ended were hit by a pitch. Yes, it wasn't even a wild pitch walk-off. It wasn't a walk-walk-off, walk-walk. It was a... Hit by pitch of uh, Mabin, a new addition. Theo picked up a good guy, and is it Corbin Mabin? I don't know, but he's good. I like him. Uh, we're in our new digs, and I'm telling you what, I'm decorating it pretty good. I'm looking at uh, Lou Gehrig. I am looking at Jackie Robinson sliding home in a spectacularly thrilling fashion, as he was prone to do. Uh, I've got Satchel Page throwing a pitch, Louis Aparicio making the turn at second base, Brooks Robinson over there, Yogi Berra tagging out, Jackie, and uh, Larry Doby, babe, I mean Joe DiMaggio, little Gail Sayers, Muhammad Ali, my buddy Nelly, the 1973 Greyhound Award winner, David Earl Nelson, yeah, Nelly yeah, looking, looking mighty fine in that Rangers uniform. And uh, he finished second. The Greyhound Award was given to the second-place person who uh, in stolen bases, finishing behind Bert Campanaris. So there you have a little bit of trivia on what awards they used to give on when they used to like stolen bases. They don't really like stolen bases anymore, but we're not here to talk about stolen bases. We're here to talk about the last 11 days, the upcoming playoffs, give a few predictions two weeks out on who I think will win the wild card uh, for each of the eight teams that end up in it, what teams might fall, what teams might not. The Cubs have a five-game lead with 11 to play. Not even the Cubs can blow that, folks. I'm telling you what. There is, well, I don't think they can blow it. They play the uh, um, Pirates four games. The last series of the year is one that if you could buy a ticket, ooh, 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 uh, that would be a good one to uh, go to because that features the Chicago White Sox versus the Chicago Cubs. And right now, currently in the American League, the Chicago White Sox, the pale hose, those guys down at 35th and Shields are the number one seed in the American League. Hats off to not only Jerry Reinsdorf, but uh, his staff, Kenny Williams, uh, Rick Hahn, they have done a great job. These guys are super. We'll talk about Tim Anderson a little bit later. I didn't even know who Tim Anderson was till the Sox paid him a ton of money. They paid Luis Robert, not to be confused with Luis Roberts, a ton of money. They paid Abreu a ton of money. And I still buy lunch for Reinsdorf. That just something's missing here. Why in the, the guys, if the Royals are a billion, the Cubs are two billion, the White Sox and the Bulls would go for five billion. And uh, I'm picking up the tab for lunch. I don't think so. No more. Jerry, you're on the hook, buddy. Next trip to Gibson's, uh, you're buying and I'm having a steak and a baked potato. Yeah, buddy. What a day. It's a beautiful day out here in Kansas City. Uh, you know, if there's any baseball at the K, which I'm Detroit may be here still, um, it'd be nice to go out to the K and watch some baseball. It'd be nice to go anywhere and watch some baseball. I watched a baseball game at uh, spring training. That was the last game I saw in person. And I have to tell you, I haven't really been glued to the TV. I paid the money to get the MLB network, and uh, so far I'm, uh, I'm losing money. But 
be that as it may, let's look at a few uh, milestones that occurred. Um, we have uh, not have any obituaries to talk about today, so I guess that's one good thing. Uh, there's a lot of guys that uh, were in the era of baseball that I grew up watching. Uh, as we said, Seaver, Brock, uh, there have been quite a few before that. Milt Pappas, it was a strike. Uh, that was a reference to Milt's perfect game that uh, the umpire didn't call. Um, the first shout-out goes to Alec Mills. Now, here's some hope out there for every kid, grandkid, kid-to-be. Uh, it's a story like a Brett Saberhagen story, like a George Brett story, like many, many, many stories that are not that hard to find. I just don't look for those stories. But this is a cool story. Here's a guy, Alec Mills who pitched a no-hitter for the Chicago Cubs while filling in for half of the injured staff this year and last year. He doesn't throw much harder than I do, although I have had some pectoral problems and a torn labrum, which may have prevented me from getting my fastball up above 50. Uh, yeah, Mills throws in the upper 80s, kind of a protege of, uh, of Hendricks. But be that as it may, I digressed. What you had was a kid who, after a rather boring high school career, doesn't get a, an offer from Division One, Two, Three, or anybody. He goes to the University of Tennessee, uh, Rocky Taki Taki Two, and he's walking by the baseball field and uh, sees him practicing, and uh, the Tennessee uh, Volunteers have never been a real great baseball. Uh, power in the SEC that I can remember. I could be wrong, but usually Vanderbilt is the team to beat. So anyway, Mills walks by and he sees a little bit of the practice and he goes up to the coach and says, I think I could play for you. I think I'm as good as these guys. Coach gave him a tryout. He walked down to Tennessee and uh, had a great college career, which earned him getting drafted by the uh, Kansas City Royals. And of course, the Royals have a a plethora. How do you like that word? I learned that in my first year of law school. I still have no idea what a plethora is. I think it's a lot. They had a lot of quality pitching as goes to show how good they are this year. Uh, actually, Singer's going to be good. Uh, Buddha, Booba, whatever his name's good. Keller's pretty good. I think the Royals are going to have a good day. The long story short is the Royals drafted Alec Mills in the round number 22. How about that? The 22nd round. Do the math, 30 times 21, that's a lot of guys getting drafted before old Alex's name got called. His name gets called, he gets traded to the Cubs in one of, you know, one of those trades where the only thing more innocuous than getting traded for whoever Alec Mills got traded for is when you're the player to be named later. And nobody, even during the, the glamour of the trade, you don't even get your name called out because you are going to be that player to be named later. Now, how bad is that? You get traded, but you don't even know you're traded until they go through the exchange of here's 10 guys you might want. The team picks them, and they picked Alec Mills, worked his way up, pretty pretty good minor league career with the Cubs, and then uh, gets some action last year and uh, this year. It's done okay. But he threw a no-hitter the other night. And he only struck out five guys in the no-hitter. Five guys. and Burgers and five guys. Burgers and fries. Not a sponsor of the show. Although, my goodness gracious, I have eaten a lot of burgers in the last... Moving is stressful. Um, we packed up a lot of it ourselves, you know, trying to, I guess, budget our move. And um, my wife is far more energetic and strong uh, than I am. But be that as it may, I moved a few boxes. She moved a lot of boxes. It's stressful. And stress to me uh, equates to eating double cheeseburgers wherever I can find them. And I found a few uh, right in our new neighborhood. So anyway, um, how does that have anything to do? Oh, five strikeouts. Five guys, burgers and fries, not a sponsor. Pop, speaking of sponsors, I'm still negotiating with Papa Kino. A package deal, Papakino, maybe even Mr. Euros. Papakino's is going to be opening in the month of October. I've been assured of that by the uh, owner. 
and Papakitos, a pizza slice as big as your face, even bigger. Gotta have a big face because this is a big piece. Uh, yeah, they're going to be slinging pizza pies at Papakinos by the uh, middle of October. I have assurances, and we'll be there to do a podcast live from Papakinos, which is going to be good. But back to Alec Mills, he only struck out five. I mean, they made contact. Baez made some spectacular plays, and uh, Hayward made a nice play. Hap made a nice play, and uh, the Cubs. Cubs have been doing everything great, except in this juiced ball era, they're not hitting. If you don't, you know, if you make contact, the odds are you're going to hit a home run. It's like home run derby. It's like you think Major League Baseball was desperate to get a product manufactured uh, by the sporting good manufacturer that just made these baseballs hard as nail. I mean, man, oh man. They're scores 25 to nothing, 20 to It's like a football game, speaking of football. How about the Bears? Huh? Those Bears. My, oh, my. Trubisky was imitating a quarterback that the Bears drafted ahead of Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, a guy named Mitch Trubisky. So for three quarters, the Bears quarterback was doing an imitation of Mitch. And, oh, by the way, it was Mitch. And when I say Mitch Trubisky was mediocre in quarters one through three, that would be charitable. Charitable. This guy is really, really on the brink of becoming a waiver product because the Bears can't keep him. You know, he goes out in the fourth quarter and pulls off the miracle in Motown. And uh, it was a miracle in Motown. And the only reason that it it ended up happy for Bears fans who were in shock, I mean, bring on the defibrillator. They were in shock. Who wouldn't be in shock? Uh, Not to mention the no-hitter that same day. The White Sox won that same day. The Bulls fired their coach a little while before that. And uh, the White Sox, fuego, fuego. But on... uh, on this day of celebration, the only reason the Bears could celebrate is because the wide receiver for the Detroit Lions dropped a strike in his hands, took a few steps, never had the ball. Oh, my. It would have ended. So is the Bears' defense as bad as Trubisky? Probably not, but I'm not too confident about the season. Are they going to get to the playoffs? I don't think so. Will there be playoffs? I don't know. Speaking of unfair, how in the world does Roger Goodell let two or three teams have fans and the rest not? And if the Chiefs get to have fans, which they did, why don't the Royals get to have fans? Well, because Manfred the Wonder Dog is going to keep it fair. You know, if one team doesn't have a crowd, then no team's going to have a crowd. So hats off to Major League Baseball. They have seemed to turn the corner on the COVID crisis. They have seemed to manage it pretty well. There have only been a few games canceled uh, since the Cardinals' schedule got wiped out. And what about the schedules? The Cardinals are not scheduled to play the same amount of games as the Cubs. They're going to finish two games less. They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to face the Cubs. And Oh, my, I do not want to see Flaherty and Wainwright at Wrigley Field in the first round of the playoffs. You can kiss it goodbye. Turn out the lights. See you later. Not that I'm negative, and I don't want to tip my hand on how I think the Cubs are going to do in the playoffs, but I do not want to see the friggin' Cardinals roll into town. I'd rather see Bryce Harper, Jake Arrieta, uh, Aaron Nola, um, you name it, bring them on. I mean, the the Phillies have a good team. So let's let's hats off to Alec Mills. That's where we're going. Hats off to um, a couple other people. The baseball manufacturer for juicing the ball. I mean, it's juiced. Now, again, the problem the Cubs have is making contact with it. And uh, you know, Baez down by three runs, bases loaded. He's trying to he's trying to hit if he could a six run homer. Uh, but he's coming around a little bit. Brian hasn't been too good. Rizzo's struggled. Contreras has struggled. 
Happ and Hayward, the H&H boys, like Eminem, they continue to roll. They continue to roll. I mean, how great is that? So that's pretty spectacular. Now, here's the award for the best, most improved franchise in baseball and who we can thank for that franchise making leaps and bounds of improvement. And I'm talking about my good friend Bob's great team. He always says, why don't you talk more about the pods? And I go, well, because the Friars suck. You know, after Tony Gwynn left, what did they have? Nothing. Uh, Hoffman, I mean, they've always had good players. They've always had weird uniforms. I mean, it's kind of an ugly color, but uh, God, remember in the old days? I mean, I can remember Templeton and Gwynn and some of these guys that would dress up in the Padres. It's like this monk color brown with a sort of mustard yellow. I don't know. They 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 sort of have a little better. I like their their white uniform with the pinstripes. That's pretty good. But anyway, the San Diego Padres are the most improved franchise, followed by the Chicago White Sox. And God bless Reinsdorf. He spent some big bucks, and I think the uh, Pods did too. But then, uh, after amassing a pretty damn good team, they go out and get Clevenger, who, you know, uh, apparently incurred the wrath of his Cleveland Indian team by, you know, going out with his girlfriend on, uh, you know, the town during the COVID crisis and then kind of mocking the team for getting mad at him. Go figure, those days are behind because everybody seems to be pretty good. And then... uh, you know, the injured list grows, but be that as it may. So the general manager, president of baseball operations, whatever the decision manager is, maker is for the San Diego Padres, wow, hats off to him. But let me tell you, you couldn't have done it without the Milwaukee Brewers general manager. My, oh, my, oh, my. That guy and Theo ought to be looking for new jobs in the Dominican Republic or in Korea or in Japan. I mean, really, Theo, you, you have blown so many millions of dollars on pitching. And uh, it's it's kind of sad. You do make some pretty good deadline moves by getting fringe players that you're only going to keep for a month. And, uh, you know, some of those are helping, some of them are not. Kimbrell actually got a save. Huh, breath of relief. But he's still bringing in Jeffress in key save situations. Um, unless it's back-to-back, and then he has to go for Kimbrell and pray. I mean, Kimbrell's still got a good fastball. He's still got a stupid arm cock, looks in with his arm cocked, and then for some reason he's tipping his pitches. These guys are hitting him like, I I think it's like me hitting off of a pitching machine throwing 30 miles an hour. Anyway, without the Milwaukee general manager, the Padres would be hard-pressed. Zach Davies is their leading pitcher or one of their leading pitchers. And uh, if you heard that motorcycle go by, it's because we are live in our studio. I have the window open. It's such a beautiful day here in the studio. And when I look over at the window, let me just highlight again. I've got uh, a cartoon uh, when I represented Don Mattingly for urinating in public and Dale Barra Jr. for taking a swing at a security guy. Uh, below that is a great picture that Nellie gave to me of Willie Mays and uh, Ernie Banks autographed. Below that, now these two are cool. I mean, for all of you out there that are Nelly fans, and I hope you're still listening. I mean, I think our listening audience has grown up to a thousand. It peaked around a thousand. I'm hoping for more. I'm hoping to get, uh, I think we really hit our stride uh, during the corona break. And uh, we had Watson and Denier and you know, Craig Kashad, now Craig's working, doing play-by-play for the Brewers, filling in for BA, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, we'll, we'll get those guys back. Um, maybe next week we'll get Duke. And I, I have more fun just talking, but it's more fun talking to myself, I suppose. But every now and then we can go with an intruder. But back to Nelly. Got another picture of Nelly in uh, uh, 1973, probably in a great photograph in the Rangers uniform uh, that he is uh, next to uh, with arms around Gaylord Perry. And I watch out for that grease, Nelly. If you uh, have your uniform on, there could be a little grease on your uh, 
That would be your right shoulder because Gaylord's got his hand up there and everything Gaylord touches is greasy. Anyway, uh, below that is one of the all-time cool Nelly pictures that I've got. And that's Nelly explaining the art of hitting to the splendid splinter, the manager of the Washington uh, transfer to Texas Rangers, Ted Williams, Teddy Ballgame. So Nelly is lecturing Ted on the finer art of hitting, and that's a pretty cool picture. So anyway, that's that part of it. But back to Stearns and the general manager. He gave away Zach Davies. And I think Grisham was run out of town because of his error in the playoff game that led to the loss of the uh, playoff game. Probably to the Cardinals. I can't remember, but... I'd never heard of this guy Grisham. I don't even, I remember the play, but I don't remember anything about him. And then Craig Kishan reminded me when we were talking about how uh, Jeffress had been uh, let go by the team. And I'm sure I'm missing a few other guys, but this Grisham is leading a lot of categories and he's playing for the Padres. So, you know, they've gotten Machado, they brought up Tatis last year. They have Zach Davies. They get Clevenger. These guys are going places, and it's a fun little lineup. I mean, you get past, you know, Hosmer's hurt. He tried to bunt with two strikes, and he broke his finger. What in God's name was the manager thinking, or Hosmer thinking, a bunt on two to bunt, period. Hos, swing away, and you'd be playing this very day. And even though that rhymes, he's out of time. Because Hosmer be on the injured list, probably for the rest of the year, sadly. But they don't seem to be missing many beats out there. The, uh, the pods are in second place, two and a half games back of the Dodges. And uh, they have gone eight and two in their uh, last ten games and uh, lost a game to the Dodgers, but they beat the Dodgers the other day. The Dodgers have won one in a row. The Dodgers, a run differential, plus 100. The Padres, 81. The Cubs, 30. The Cardinals, 11. Oh, my God. We won't go into all that. Uh, Pujols, uh, 600 home runs. Hey, hey, hey. He'll live to play another day. Red Rush. Remember Red Rush, you guys out in Chicago? I got some Chicago listeners. Remember Rush? Red Rush, he, he mainly did the Loyola Rambler basketball, but he also did White Sox baseball, so I can talk about him on the lighter side of baseball. But here's a call that Red Rush made that was made famous by a fraternity brother of mine at SMU who would mimic everybody. I mean, from Jack, this, this guy's dad was at one time the general manager of the Chicago Bulls, and... Uh, uh, Greg was unbelievable at mimicking, copying, imitating, whatever you want to talk about, announcers. It was great. You know, he had Jack Brickhouse's home run call. For, he did a lot of good. He was a riot. Good stuff. But Red Rush would go something like this. Corky Bell, who was a player for the Loyola Ramblers. Corky Bell, he soars, he scores, it's through for two. Loyola by four. The crowd wants more. Time out, Marquette. Let's have a little... Uh, Commercial from Leon's Wieners, and when you have a Leon's Wieners, you need a Ganella bread. G-O-N-E-L-L-A. Ganella bread tastes great every day. That was Red Rush. Everything rhymed. Now remember, this just came out of my head because I think subliminally, it's a big word, subliminally, I was rhyming things, you know, like he'll live to play another day. Uh, if you listen back to this podcast, and I assume that my... Loyal listeners not only listen once, but listen a couple times because you might skip something that would otherwise be so exciting to hear. So exciting to hear. Everything is great. I mean, we're picking up new listeners all the time. We're looking for some new sponsors all the time. But we're going to kind of breeze into the playoffs. We're going to do a couple more uh, updates of the podcast in the next two weeks to bring you guys current on the craziness of the uh, playoffs this year. But anyway, we talked about Pujols and Molina. I got to tip my hat to this guy. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He is uh, hes a roughneck, man. He can catch a good game. He can't steal on the guy. He wants to fight. You know, the Major League Baseball has a no-fighting COVID-19 rule. 
Molina doesn't care. He's a trooper. You want him on your team. I don't like him. That's why you want him on your team. So, the uh, playoff system. Screw him, man. So here's the deal. Real quick recap. There'll be eight teams in the American League, eight teams in the National League. Uh, here's the way they seed them, one through eight. The three division winners are one through three. Uh, with the best record having one, etc. Second place seated same way. Best record is seated fourth, followed by f the second best record of the second place teams down to six. Then the top two records become seven and eight. And right now, they may not even finish over 500 and get into the playoffs. How sad is that? Anyway, this is a sprint, you know, they, they, in the racing vernacular, we missed the first through the sixth furlong, and we're just going down the stretch they come. The Kentucky Derby was run a couple of days ago. You know, the, uh, the fastest two minutes in sport, the first Saturday in May, happened on, a, on an innocuous Saturday in September. The favorite went off at four to five, Meaning, I think, you'd have to pay 40 bucks to win 50. Not a good deal. Everybody tried to box him in, and uh, he didn't win. He didn't win. Baffert, who wins every year, had some horse that snuck in. And uh, so there went all the betting pools. But, you know, they distribute. And teams, horses win, horses loses. Loses, and that's, sorry, grammatically... Horses loses doesn't really fit it, but hey, it's a beautiful day, and I'm pumped up for baseball. The playoffs are here, and uh, they will be here. Uh, it looks like we're going to finish the season. Looks like COVID's going to lose out to MLB. And speaking of COVID losing out, and I know I'm jumping around here a little bit because we're going to get to the playoffs format in a minute, but as you recall, the um, COVID broke... Now, not going to get political, but somewhere in early March, late February, an NBA player came down with COVID, and he was making fun of it and ridiculing it and acting like it was a no a big deal and didn't really know how bad it was. Apparently, a few other people didn't know how bad it was, or maybe they did and they just wanted to downplay it so that there wouldn't be a major riot or panic set in, although there is a busload of, never mind. So um, this guy, if you remember, was touching everything and kind of kissing the microphones and voila, uh, his teammates get COVID and he apologizes and feels bad and da-da-da-da-da. But that set the dominoes going and everything got canceled. First thing back... PGA golf, no spectators, everybody's masked up, socially distancing. Well, this week, the Champions Tour in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, the same state that brought you Sturgis, that, hey, can we have a big gathering without masks, everybody spit on each other, talk loud, rev up your motorcycles, and, and let's spread COVID around the country. Okay, so the same state that brings you Sturgis brought you the Champions Golf Tournament this week, and it was sponsored by Sanford, which is a testing corporation who happens to test the PGA. So they let 5,000 to 6,000 people in as long as their temperatures were taken and it was normal, and they wore masks. Well, I don't know how many temperatures they took, but nobody had a mask on. And at the 18th hole, they had all the Temporary buildings set around the green, and everybody was back-to-back, belly-to-belly. Anybody remember the Kingston Trio? Back-to-back, belly-to-belly, well, I don't give a damn, because that was a song by the Kingston Trio. If you guys are bored, go get the greatest hits of the Kingston Trio. It includes Hang Down Your Head, Tom Dooley. It includes um, all sorts of great songs. I could sing more Kingston Trio for you, but uh, I won't. Anyway, we were talking about the PGA Tour and that they had 6,000 fans, not as many as the Chiefs. Chiefs had 18 to 20. They were pretty loud. But anyway, so there were fans at this golf tournament. So what does that mean? I don't know. I don't know anything anymore. 
Um, anyway, the playoff format, as we've talked about a little before, the higher-seeded team gets the home field advantage, best out of three, and after three days, the wildcard division is over, and we have four teams in the American League, four teams in the National League. And if you happen to, let's just say, like I said before, if you get Flaherty and Wainwright, they could uh, they could shut you down. If you get, um, oh, heck, uh, who's got two really good, well, there's a lot of good dominant pitchers. Cleveland's got dominant pitching. The Padres could have dominant pitching. The Dodgers, you know, you could, you're going to, they're the favorite. They're going to be the number one seed, so you're going to get um, Kershaw, and uh, Bueller's day out of school, and uh, then that, that could be it. So those are played at home uh, with the higher seed, which I thought was going to be kind of the way it went for the whole playoffs, but uh-uh. uh, they called an audible, and apparently I would guess Tony Clark of the MLBPA had to be in agreement, but here's the deal. Uh, there are going to be four venues. It's kind of like a mini bubble theory. There are going to be four venues, and trying not to give anybody the real home field advantage, the American League teams will play in one series will be in Dodger Stadium. The other series will be in Petco Park. So let's just say the Cubs are playing the Phillies at Dodger Stadium. No, at um, I was going so well. The American League team plays in the National League Park. Okay, Petco, Dodger Stadium. Sorry, folks. You know, this is an unscripted show. I just kind of rattle on, but I know it's all interesting to everybody, so I keep rattling until I finally get out of breath or start coughing, need some water. And the problem here is the water is downstairs. I have to walk down 17 steps to get water, so that's not going to happen. And if it happened, it would be the end of the podcast because I'm not going to come back up the 17 steps. Uh, Not unless I have to, and that would only be to A, take a nap, or B, go to bed for the night. So then the Dodger Stadium Petco Park. Then the um, National League teams will play in American League parks, uh, one in Dallas, the new Global Life Field, and the other will be at uh, Minute Maid Park in Houston. And now, one of those facilities, maybe two, maybe they're, I haven't seen Global Park. That probably has a roof over it, too. I think I should call Josh, my son, to confirm. But as I recall, Global Global Life, whatever Global Life is, I assume it's a life insurance company. So it's not like Guaranteed Rate, uh, which is a mortgage company, which is the home of the Chicago White Sox. But you have Global Life and Minute Maid Park for the um, National League. Then there's a format where the um, next round uh, is played in... um, So the National League Finals, the NLCS, will be played in... Arlington, Texas, and the American League Championship Series will play be played in San Diego. I'd really like to go to the San Diego Series and see the American League White Sox take on whoever. And then, for the first time ever, you're hearing it here for the first time, history being made, the 2020 World Series, it's, it's news that they're going to call it the World Series, but... They can call it whatever they want. They own the rights to it. And they get that lucrative payday from Fox. Woohoo! That's what this has all been about. They played 60 games to get the check from Fox and TBS and all the other entities, ESPN. That World Series will be played at a neutral, yes, you heard me, neutral site in Arlington, Texas at Global Life Park. And the good news is, uh, I don't think the Rangers are going to be there, so there's no way they'd have home field advantage. So let's take a look at what we've got when we come back from the break. And let's look at what we have right now. If the playoffs were held today, 
who would be in them. We'll be back. Remember, you can hear us on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, the original, and my Facebook, uh, somewhere.com. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure if you can hear it anywhere else, but again, the crowds are growing. People are clamoring for more, and uh, we're going to give it to them right after we come back from break. And uh, no, we don't have any catchy little jingle from our sponsor. Uh, this is not brought to you by Usinger Sausage, like Bob Euchre gets to read. Hey, before I leave, I just want to say again, my sometimes partner on this show, two partners, this makes this show unique, I think. Two guys that have done a lot during the coronavirus to help me with this podcast. Craig Kishan's been doing play-by-play for the Brew Crew, and I think he was doing it the last weekend. When he doesn't do that, he does a pregame, postgame. And Dwayne Stats, man, if you have MLB Network, listen to today. The uh, I think the Nationals versus the Rays. I'm not sure who the Rays play. It's on, it's on um, MLB Network, and usually they have the home team announcer do the game. Listen to Dwayne Stats, man. I mean, he's so effortless, and he's got such a great voice. And a great call. And, uh, man, oh, man, it's fun to listen to Dwayne. I mean, I, I've... I may have to go back to some of the old podcasts and listen to Dwayne because it's just been great. I'm going to get him back on, but I think we're going to have to wait till after the regular season because then uh, they're done. I don't think they do the playoffs, although they should. Oh, my God, what a mistake not having uh, Dwayne Stats doing the Tampa Bay Rays. But anyway, when we come back, we will, I promise you, give some predictions about where we are and where I think we're going to get to in the playoffs. So... Listen to this great music. Tyler put some good tunes on, and we'll be back in a few minutes. Thank you. Man, we are back on the lighter side of baseball, and I just get invigorated looking around my new studio. Oh, my God, there's Brooksy Robinson, Gail Sayers, Red Grange, Joe Madden. Speaking of, before we get to the schedule, before we get to my predictions, okay, let's talk about a few other things because I'm going to digress here for a minute. I want to talk about... Um, some of the uh, surprises so far in baseball and the teams that are surprising. Uh, number one surprise would probably be the San Francisco Giants. Another great surprise are the Buffalo Blue Jays. I like the Buffalo Blue Jays. You know what? I'd say sayonara, see you later, hasta la vista to the great city of Toronto, and I would sign a deal with Bob Rich and his ballpark to play there and maybe send the AAA team to uh, to Toronto if they can get across the border, which I don't think they can. I mean, what a what a great deal for the Toronto Blue Jays to become the Buffalo Blue Jays. I don't know why they don't call them that. But anyway, there's got to be birds like that. And uh, I guarantee there's a better chance you'll see a Blue Jay in Buffalo than a Blue Jay in Toronto, I think. Who would pick that name? I don't get it. They used to be... I think the Toronto Royals, when Jackie Robinson played up there, or did Jackie play for Montreal? Could have been Montreal. Anyway, another pleasant surprise would be the San Francisco Giants. I mean, really. Uh, Bruce Bochy leaves, and uh, the guy that fails, Gabe Kapler, comes in and fails from Philly with a stud star team. Does a pretty good job in uh, San Francisco. They're a pleasant surprise. And for the disappointing surprises, huh, the team I picked to finish right behind the Cubs, and they may if they run the table. I'm not writing them off yet. They're starting to, they're starting to come around. Uh, that would be the Cincinnati Reds, who are currently uh, 24 and 26. How can that be? They're right behind the uh, Giants. They're two games back in the loss column. Everybody's playing a different number of games. So I think the Reds are going to make it, but they're disappointing. But uh, I think they'll be in in the playoffs. And then you've got, huh, Joe, say it ain't so. My God, I thought you had a star-studded cast. And uh, poor Trout and Pujols, they can't catch a break. The Angels, oh, terrible. They even unloaded their great uh, utility guy, Tommy Listella. 
who's had a pretty good career after the Cubs sent him down to the minor leagues. So anyway, who are my top five teams? Um, I, here they are. Uh, in fifth place, I would go with the Oakland A's. In fourth place, and now we're going up, you notice that? Uh, these five teams were getting to what I think is the best team. And I have left out the Cubs because I've got some serious questions I'll address in a minute. Number five, the A's. Number four, the Rays. And there's another rhyme, the A's and the Rays and the J's. They're all part of this broadcast. Uh, number three, the Dodgers. Kind of hard to ignore the Dodgers. Number two, the Pale Hose. The 1983 division-leading Chicago White Sox, and uh, they're good. I mean, they are really good. Hats off to those guys, finally. And you know the sad part about all this? The Sox peak in front of a paid attendance of zero. Zero. Yeah, that's sad. This place would be popping. It would be booming. And sports service is a concessionaire in the lower bowl and Levy in the upper deck and let me tell you uh, that's a one-two punch like Joe Frazier had uh, that is great food and uh, I love sports service they were our concessionaire as I've told you in Omaha Nebraska home of your Omaha Royals and hey uh, somebody told me I don't know if it's still on but if you're bored and I mean bored and you have um, prime I guess that's Amazon Prime TV. You can go to a documentary called 50 Summers, which is a story about the Omaha Royals and the minor league teams that have been there. And yours truly, James Uretsky, has a couple spots on there where I, you know, I think the, I think it would have won more awards at some of these film festivals and would have really been a great bombshell for uh, selling a lot of the DVDs would have been if they had included me more. They seem to cut me out, and some of my fans who've listened to that 50 Summers were a little disappointed that uh, a lot of my great work ended up on the cutting room floor, but be that as it may. And the number one team, my number one team, for my buddy out in California, you got it, the Friars. Yes, sir. The San Diego Padres, number one. Woo, hoo hoo. Uh, the Cubs, I'd have to put number six. Very disappointing. Tim Anderson, what a great year he's having. Fernando Jr., Tatis, unbelievable. So remember, I have a statistic that I watch all the time, and I'm telling you what, that for batting, all you have to do is look at the runs scored to get your MVP, okay? I mean, it's as simple as that. If you don't touch on plate more times than anybody else, you're not going to win. How about that? Get it? Here they are. Tatis is in number one place. Darby Swanson from Atlanta, number two. Freddie, uh, not Freddie and the Dreamers. Uh, what was that band? Freddie and the, I um, can't remember. So, uh, Freddie and the Dreamers. Anywho, some of the major league digressions. Tim Anderson, number four, Mike Trout, number five, Machado, six, followed by Turner, Abreu, and Betts. My God, if you don't believe me now that runs are all you need to look at to identify the good guys, then huh, forget it. Now, we could swing over to uh, some of the other deals like statistics and average and stuff like that. But, um, you know, we'll get to that later. Let's talk about the playoffs. If the season ended today... In the American League, you'd have the White Sox, the Indians, the Yankees as the division winner. Second place, guys, Twins, Astros, cheating champs, get them out of there. They should be sanctioned out of baseball and the A's. Uh, followed by the wild card teams, which would be Tampa Bay and uh, the Buffalo Blue Jays. In the National League, you got the three division champs, which would be, here's another surprise I forgot, I'm just not buying it quite yet. The Dodgers, the Giants, and the Marlins. Now, for some reason, I don't know how it is, but the Marlins are um, leading. And then you would have San Diego, St. Louis, Atlanta. 
and then these are these are just the teams and the matchups. The three division winners. And I know you guys are calling the show. You can stop calling the show. I might have made a little error with the Marlins. Sit down, relax. So I'll ad libbed. I mean, I'm trying to go from memory. Be be nice. The Dodgers, the Cubs, and the Braves are the first three. Followed by the Padres, the Marlins, and the Cardinals right now. The wild cards would be the Phillies. Nobody wants to play the Phillies. And the Giants. Everybody wants to play the Giants. The American League, the White Sox, Tampa Bay, and Oakland. There you go. I was getting a little carried away with those are the top three in the divisions. And then Minnesota, New York, and Houston, cheating champs. Wild card, the Buffalo Blue Jays, Cleveland. Okay, so... If that were the case, the White Sox would play Cleveland, and I'm going with the White Sox. That's going to be a great series. Wow. Giolito versus Carrasco. Whew. Pretty good. Uh, Plezak against whoever. I guess Dylan Cease, another uh, benefit of the uh, trade for Quintana to the Cubs. The Yankees against the Twins. I'm going to go with the Yankees. Sorry, the Twins. Boy, it's just too much to expect. But... I'll rethink that in a minute. The Astros against the A's, come on A's, and the Blue Jays against the Rays, Rays win. So in the uh, ALDS, I've got the White Sox versus the Yankees and the A's versus the Rays. A's and Rays, there we go. Rhyme a dime. In the National League, i got the Dodgers over the Giants. I've got the Padres over the Marlins. I've got the... Uh, Braves over St. Louis and the Cubs over Philly. <laughs> Casa, I mean, Harper. Man, Philly's got a good team. So, okay, so in the divisions, in the National League division, it would be the Dodgers against the Padres, Braves against the Cubs. The Cubs owe the Padres. That would be a good series. The Cubs owe Atlanta some tough love, man. And so my prediction then would be that the White Sox would uh, beat the Yankees and the A's would lose to the Rays. And so then you have the White Sox versus the Rays to get into the World Series. And I am going, sadly enough, with the Rays, Tampa Bay. So I have the Dodgers and the Padres. I'm going with the Padres pulling the upset. The uh, Braves against the Cubs. I'm going with the Cubs over the Braves. And then I'm going with the Cubs beating the Padres because I'm a season ticket holder, and that counts more than my friendship with Bob. Hang in there, Bob. you got a great team. Get your fryer suit out and go to a ball game. Go outside. Do something fun. Can't go to the game. So then who goes to the World Series to play um, whoever I said they were going to play? The... Uh, Tampa Bay will play the Cubs in the World Series at Arlington. There you go. How about that? Now, who might sneak into the playoffs? Who is the dark horse with 11 games to go in the American League? Uh, Seattle's got a shot. That's probably it. In the National League, the Reds have a shot, and the Rockies always seem to be there. Brewers have a doubleheader with St. Louis today. That's going to be interesting, and that's going to tell a lot about what happens in the uh, final analysis. So there you have it. My God, the time has gone so fast. This has been great. We'll come back in another couple days with a little more definitive idea of who will be in the playoffs and who you people think might be the uh, uh, teams to watch in the playoffs. I've got the Rays and the Cubs. I've got the... Uh, uh, Padres coming in second. I've got the uh, White Sox having a great series. And then it's on to uh, spring training and hopefully no labor issues. They've got a new deal they've got to work out for the 2022 season. We can get into that during the break. Uh, hopefully we get a vaccine. Hopefully people like the vaccine. Hopefully a double dose works. And we have spring training because now I've had lots of my Good, good friends are moving to Scottsdale, where the temperature today is a balmy 111 degrees, but it's supposed to get down to 108 tomorrow. So hang in there. Good tans. Watch. Make sure you use uh, sun cream and 
and uh, block out those sun rays while you're out there uh, in the 111 degree. Most of my friends, I assume, will be out for a jog, maybe walk a little golf, uh, hit their swimming pool. It's hot there, folks. I mean, it's dry heat, but that's what, uh, that's what gets the turkey every Thanksgiving is that dry heat. So for Jamie Uretzky on the lighter side of baseball, this has been kind of light, fun, uh, enjoyed it. We'll be back uh, in a few days from either Chicago or Wisconsin. We might even try to grab uh, a couple guys, maybe a Bobby Denier, maybe a John Watham, maybe uh, maybe one of my uh, neighbors up in uh, in Wisconsin. Be that as it may, you guys have a great day. Uh, keep your fingers crossed for Papakino opening in uh, about three weeks, maybe four. And uh, hit them straight. Hit the fairways, fairways and greens. Enjoy the day. Everybody stay healthy, stay safe, mask up, and uh, we will see you and talk to you here in the near future for uh, The Lighter Side of Baseball on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. Jamie Retzke saying, let's get into the playoffs, man. I think that's going to be fun. The uh, first 60 games kind of been ho-hum. Uh, hopefully the Cubs can find their bats. Hopefully Darvish can find home plate, and hopefully the Cubs can get through the uh, first round. But mm, who knows? It's going to be a crapshoot. Oh, that's it, folks. Have a great day, and enjoy the rest of the time with a little music, and we'll see you later. <laughs>